you guys. Welcome to another episode of In the Springs. I'm your host, Ryan Lowry. Thank you so much for tuning in. On today's show, I sit down with stand-up comedian Rio Hillman. Rio and I met at Looney's Comedy Corner on Thursday, September 17th. So without further ado, please sit back and enjoy, because comedian Rio Hillman is In the Springs. So we are doing this thing, Rio. All right. Now I take it from the, uh, I've got uh, Rio Hillman. Yes. In the Springs. Yes. All right. Yes. So I take it from the reception uh, from uh, Lauren and Eric when you came in. This is not your first time through town. No, I've been here before. It's probably, I would say maybe my fourth time. Nice. Yeah. Um, I think the first time I came through, I think Eric was just starting to, he just had got the club. Gotcha. Okay. Actually, or it might have been right before. So yeah. Nice. All right. Well, Rio. So let's kind of start at the start. When did you uh, When did you get into comedy? And I guess more importantly, why <laughs> Why did you get into comedy? What's the What's the draw for you? Uh, you know what? I guess there's really no big thing of why I got into comedy when I first got into it. Um, where I live, uh, which is uh, Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Um, they used to have a I guess a one nighter there where they used to. People used to do comedy there, and um, me and a friend used to kind of go down and just kind of watch it every now and then. And uh, one day in my basement, we just was like, man, maybe we can see if they'll let us get up on stage and try some stuff. So uh, we basically wrote a bunch of jokes, um, me and him together, and we uh, got on stage. And from there, that's pretty much it, man. Just been on stage ever since. So what was that first experience like for you? Because I know that could be... A nightmarish experience for a lot of comics when you get on stage that first time. Yeah, this is, uh, I'm going to date myself now, but uh, um, <laughs> I, I still have that very first performance, actually, and it's on a VHS tape. So oh <laughs> that's how long it's been for me. Yeah, um, yeah. I came in at the tail end of that, the VHS tapes. And the funny part is, actually, I didn't do too bad my first time. Yeah. Um, it was stacked with people that knew me as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then I had a lot of liquid courage. So I... <laughs> It was a, definitely a lot of explicitives, a lot of swear words and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm rocking. This is great. You know, I remember watching the tape back like, man, this is going to be fun. And yeah, of course, that was. So the guy that you were writing with, is he still you know, in the he game? Is, no, he's not he's actually. Not, okay. No. And, I, you know, it's funny. Is I, don't, I think maybe shortly, maybe a month after that, he actually just kind of stopped and just kind of fell off. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so what was the tipping point for you as far as the first night on stage with the VHS tape rolling to, hey, I'm going to do this as a, as a living, I'm going to be a professional comedian. How, how did that process come about? And when did you sort of, you know, look in the, the mirror and realize, yep, this is what I do now. Um, you know what I would I want to say it probably took, um, another, I guess two years of me, um, just kind of really getting on stage. Cause they were, what was great is they would let me get on every week and I could go on and I really didn't have the format down I would do too much time I mean I would go on I think before a host this is how much they were letting me let a, let me have a lot of time um but I think what stood out to me when I really started getting serious about it which I always tell people it's it's almost like a drug once you do it um um usually your first time it's the worst and that's the worst it can be but then you just start to kind of get that feel for it and you're like man I got to get up there again you know um but I think what pushed me over to tipping point is I seen a guy um that I used to do open mic with after a while, after a couple of years, I used to go to like uh, Minnesota and do open mics to the bigger clubs. And I seen that guy come down 
And um, he was a paid act. And I was like, whoa, man, and he's got good and everything. And I'm like, you know what? I think it's time for me to really start taking it more serious, you know what I mean? And start trying to figure out how to put stuff together, like a tape, you know, a bio and stuff of that nature. Because for the first two years, I really didn't have any of that stuff. I was just going up and kind of just doing jokes and you know what I mean and that was all right. I was doing um, there, so was that primarily in Wisconsin or were you was, getting on the road a little bit no or? it was in Wisconsin you know I would I, I feel like I was almost like a, a late bloomer as far as to the road road um that's why I always tell people they help me ask me how long I've been doing it I say ah 10 years you know what I mean um like 10 years of kind of like traveling more and more because the first couple three or four it was just me really standing where I was at in my town. Um, and then eventually I started kind of branching out into like more of Wisconsin clubs and emceeing. Like, you know, I think I took that route. I did do a lot of emceeing first gotcha. as well. So now kind of backing up a little bit, were you a fan of, of stand-up comedy or is this something that just sort of, you know, kind of happened for you or did you track the the industry you know you had your your favorite albums when you were a kid and that sort of thing or what was your what's your comedy background i guess you know actually i was pr- i would say now that's a good question because i think i was late as far as um the history of comedy um because when i first got in it um what we used to do in the neighborhood when i was younger is we would just rib each other uh everybody would come up with good snaps you know it could be your mama this or what you had on and that was always in the neighborhood so we always did that um growing up um and i always used to write weird things down i guess um not knowing that it would be comedy or nothing just i would uh make off make songs or something like that you know what i mean mess with different songs of that nature um and then i guess as far as the comedy thing i don't know i think after seeing it when me and my the one guy that we started we seen it i was like i didn't i guess you could do this right (laughs) and and you know i guess from there I got on stage but as far as the history of it um I would say god it probably took me I mean I think maybe five years after I got in I started to realize the history of it and kind of start to figure out who who I'd like and just the different styles of it so so kind of to dovetail on that who who do you follow who do you like like what makes you laugh if you're if you're in the audience what 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 uh, comedians are are getting to you um, you know, I, I hate to be sound like cliche, but um, <laughs> which I'm going <laughs> if to. If they're good, they're good. Though, you know, so. uh, Dave Chappelle's probably my favorite. Yeah. Um, and, he was uh, in town last night, by I, the way. Yes, I couldn't man. believe that. I, I, I was late <sighs> to the game on that. So, and he was supposed to do an after thing too, but people, bad promoters, start messing things up. It's like, oh man, because I was going to go to that at least, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but I would say he's probably my favorite, and I would say Bill Burr probably my two favorites right now. Um, now, is there anything in particular about their style that you're you're drawn to? Well. I like Chappelle's just kind of uh, slow delivery, I guess. Um, takes his time. Um, and what I like about him, too, is it doesn't ever look like he's bombing, which I think all the greats do it that way. You know what I mean? Even when he is, the couple of times I've watched online, it's like he's still so relaxed, you know? And um, I just like how his mind thinks. And then Bill Burr, he just says it, man. I like him, just his... Just how he says things, man. Just his honesty with it, and just—I mean, uh, his last special was great. Um, I'm sorry you feel that way. Right, it's, right. It was awesome, man. <laughs> so now, when you're working on material, are you a, a pen to paper kind of guy, or do you just come up with the premise and sort of work it out on stage before it becomes, you know, for lack of a better term, a finished bit? Or what's what's your process for for coming up with material? You know, it's starting to change a little bit. Um, I used to kind of be a pen to the paper. I still am. Um, I kind of write down some ideas in my head that I have going on. Um, I like to read the paper a lot, so I like to do some current event stuff um, and then a little bit of stuff that happens to me, you know. Um, 
But uh, now I'm starting to get a little bit more where I just kind of jot down some things and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to run with that on stage a little bit. But I'm still new to doing it that way. That's because it's a whole nother for me. It's a different cliff. I'm not the I'm not the guy that can come off the top of the head real quick. I have yeah. to always kind of know where I'm going quite a bit. And then I kind of go, okay, I'll figure it out from there. So over your, your career, I know one of the you know, one of the pitfalls of, of stand-up comedy is having to deal with crowds and, and hecklers. And is that something that, have you become more accustomed to that? Or is that something that you, because I know a lot of comedians kind of relish that moment where it's like, okay, I'm going to destroy this, this person who's shouting out. Is that something that you enjoy? Or how do you, how do you handle that kind of thing when it's in the moment like that? You know, I, I would say for me, I don't enjoy it because I'm not a guy <laughs> that likes to go into the crowd. Yeah. I don't really, you know, do too much interaction. Um, but I guess what I'm learning more and more um, is to still just be comfortable in what you do and knowing that not everybody's going to like you. Um, and sometimes you're just going to have hecklers. And, you know, I guess it's what it is. What's weird is I record every show. So regardless if it's audio or video, I definitely get audio. So usually I'll just listen to it, a part that I say, oh, man, there's a heckler. And then I'll try to be like, OK, this I could have did this. So next time I can come back around and at least have something to go at. You know what I mean? Right, but I'm right. not a guy that really likes to deal with the hecklers and stuff like that. But I'm I'm learning that you just kind of still have to. You do you do your stuff and you just kind of get through it and never seem you always got to seem relaxed up there. So now recording your your sets, what is the what's the purpose of that? What do you get out of it by by re-listening to to every set that you do? Is there is it kind of a madness thing where you're kind of breaking down what what happened and what you would change or what's the what's the strategy for for that? Well, I would say I don't listen to every set I record. Um but uh, sometimes it'll, I'll record a set and uh, I'll think, man, that went so bad. I need to listen to it. <laughs> and I listen to it. And I'm like, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Or I'll say I started out good and then I kind of uh, went a wrong way. Like I'll give you an example. I was in um, this past weekend. I was in uh, uh, Seattle or Bellevue, Washington, suburb of Seattle and doing a club. And I, one particular show I had did, it was like an early show. And man, I was like, man, this show is in my head after I got done. I was like, this was terrible. And then <laughs> when I listened to it, it was like very good at the beginning. And then I noticed that I kind of switched my material around because I got, I don't know if I got too cocky with the, it was an earlier crowd and I just kind of switched. And I was like, oh, now I see where I went wrong. And then I kind of brought it back towards the end. So a lot of times when you, it, and I've heard this term, they say, you're never doing as bad as you think you are. You're never doing as good as you think you are. <laughs> but you never know unless you listen to it right. back. You know what I mean? And then I also say, too, with recording every set, in this business, there's a lot of times where there's a lot of us trying to get to a level or trying to get work. So sometimes you go through a streak where you don't have much work. Um, from clubs or wherever it may be. Um, so then that downtime, I usually go, okay, well, here's my recorder. Uh, let's go listen to some old shows that I haven't did in a while or some jokes I don't even know that I haven't done so long where I'm like, oh, I could update that. So, right, right. you know, it's just nice to have, a, I, I'd say for me, to, a backlog of things. Well, you know, and I think a lot of folks don't realize that as a stand-up comedian in this market, I guess, you know, in the 80s, I think it was a different world for stand-up when it was kind of at the, you know, the Jay Leno, Seinfeld boom and all that kind of thing. But the work that you're doing now, in addition to being a stand-up comedian, you're the booker, you're the travel agent, you're the marketer. Do you enjoy that aspect of it? Or were you even prepared for that part of it once you kind of started getting some traction with your career? You know what? Uh, I, I guess I was because um, I actually came in where I used to uh, kind of book a music group. 
and kind of be a manager where I would book shows for them. So it kind of went hand in hand with me contacting venues, uh, sending like press kits together. So for me, I actually like that part of it because a lot of times if if um, people are not going to know about you until you tell them. And like, for instance, like I've been on the road since like mid-August and I would say, and I won't be back home until uh, maybe early December. Oh and God. I, yeah, and, I, and a lot of that stuff, I kind of filled holes with me just hitting music places up and some small theaters and just kind of, you know, sending my stuff to people. And, you know, I had a lot of no's, but I also got some yeses with stuff. And it, it, it's, it's one of those things that it helps you build relationships too. You know, I've definitely networked with a couple different people that I've met by just booking myself as well. They're like, hey, have you come through again? You know, we'll have you. Now, some of the shows have been terrible, you know, <laughs> but that's just the way it is. And that's not just saying audience why. I mean, I've been terrible at some of them. I just didn't do the right stuff or, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's that comes with the territory. Well, how did you deal with that early on in your career? Because I know I, I had done stand-up uh, years ago and you would have a good set with your material. And then sometimes in the same night, you would have a second show, do the same material and eat it. I mean, do, have you had that experience and, and how do you, you know, I, I hate to like get into the psychology of a crowd, but how do you, how do you deal with that mentally where you're like, look folks, an hour ago, this stuff crushed. <laughs> why, why aren't you laughing? I mean, is that something that, and, and when you go into non comedy venues as well, it's a music club or just a, a pool hall or whatever it is, you know, how do you alter your set or how do you deal with that, those different environments? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, especially <laughs> sometimes like the late shows and it, it, it's one of those things, I guess, I'm learning more and more with the late shows. I don't know if I would say you need to be more aggressive, but you just need to have a thicker skin and kind of know what you're getting into and knowing that it, it I mean, I think I, I read Steve Martin's book, uh, Born Standing Up, and I remember okay. one one chapter in there, he's talking about Slate Show Fridays. <laughs> right, right. It happens to everybody. It's not just you or, you know what I mean, no matter how big you get, that's just people are just uh, a little liquored up and a little hyper and it's just what it is. It's I guess it's more how you deal with it. And I'm learning to just not take it personal and just kind of still maybe switch my material a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. I try not to do something that I wouldn't do. I'm not the loud guy or the guy that gets up and just goes into the crowd. So I still don't do that. But I kind of just maybe switch a little things around and kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Come a little stronger. I mean, because that's sort of the urban legend with Steve Martin and the reason he got out of stand-up was late, <laughs> late Show Friday. I mean, like you said, you're dealing with folks, they've been drinking all night, they've had a long week at work, they're tired, they're not attentive, they're a little bit more aggressive, and, and so you have to kind of modify your material based on on what you're dealing with, with you know, with the crowd. Yes, yeah. yes, totally. <laughs> so at this point, you know, having done this for 10 years, and, you know, we, we were talking off mic before we started, you know, you're going to be on the road till till December and you're, you know, knocking on wood with the, with the vehicle going and, you know, keeping everything moving. So at this point in your career, and this sounds like kind of a loaded question and I don't, I don't mean it that way, but, but what is success for you? I mean, what, what is getting you up on stage, you know, here at Looney's in Colorado Springs, hopping in the car, going to the next town, getting on stage? What, what is your, your motivation at, at this point? Um, I would say uh, one motivation is getting into uh, different clubs. That's a, I think on this trip, I've got into a couple different clubs that I haven't been in before. Um, which was awesome. Um, I would say another thing is uh, working on getting the set stronger, uh, a lot stronger. Um, and then also, um, I would say, I guess for me right now, um, 
doing it for a living is a, a decent success, being able to try to, you know what I mean? And I'm featuring here and I'm a feature at, like with a lot of the bookers and I've headlined some one-nighters and I headline the shows that I book myself. So for me, I'm still trying to make that next level up to be a headliner. Um, so that's a motivation for me in itself, I guess, for one. And for two, it's kind of, I kind of, um, like I, I would say I went to L.A. last year and um, I stayed there. Me and another comedian friend stayed there for a week and I got to go on a couple shows there and um, I got to kind of have a feel for it. I wasn't quite ready for it, but I think on this trip, I'm going to make another trip to L.A. And I kind of have a, in my idea, in my mind, what I need to do, what set I have, what I need to tighten up. You know what I mean? I kind of right. have the nuts and bolts of like, OK, this is what I should do here. Don't need to go too long. You just got to tight 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 boom 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 faster stuff you know because that's just how it is showcase sets out there so how, how does when you say you you felt like you weren't quite ready for that what do you what do you mean by that i mean what did that feel like for you or what can you kind of put your finger on that this was a good experience but i i'm not quite there uh let's see i listened to it <laughs> um that's the one thing i still have it on uh, my a recorder um and then i guess it was it's just more of Actually, when I was out there, I was just watching other people perform, too. You know what I mean? Because it's almost like you treat it like you're doing a, a a TV set, like on a late night show, which is a goal that I want to do, you know what I mean, in the next year or two, is to try to get on that radar. Um, so I felt like the material I had, I just didn't do the, the best stuff I had, I think, at that time. And I think the stuff is a little better now. Obviously, it's a year later, so you do get better. So I hear when they say, you know, you don't, you don't want to peak too early, it makes sense. I, you know, I always keep in my head that it's not, a, it's not a race, it's a marathon. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a great thing about comedy. I don't, I don't think it matters. I mean, I got Red Fox's book, and he did comedy for years before people knew who he was. And then he got the Sanford and Son, and then people would come see him, and they didn't know, that, you know, he's a stand-up, and it's not to be Sanford. Son. It's right, gonna be, you know right. what I mean? Or you look at Rodney Dangerfield that stopped for years and went back into it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And stuff. So, you know, I, I I try not to be in a race and and I keep that in my head and also I try to um, be happy for the success of comedians around me and then know that their success is different than my success and it all happens at its own pace. Nice. So keeps you less keeps you uh not bitter for one you yeah. know what I mean and it keeps you just you know you just got to keep working and, and get to you know you are where you are I think right, Jay-Z right. said that in one of his rap songs you are where you are which I listen to music when I write comedy yeah, which is yeah. weird to me <laughs> yeah man that's a really good sentiment because I do think it's easy to get caught up in that swirl of competition if you've got peers that you've worked with or folks who have opened for you and then all at once you spin around you're like they're headlining now and get wrapped up in that because there's so much, you know, it's so subjective and, and success is such a, a subjective term that I think a lot of comedians do look at it as a sprint. And, and if I'm not there in a year, then something's gone wrong and they start to get bitter. And I've, I've met a lot of comedians that kind of have that headspace where they've been at it a long time and people are passing them, whatever that means. And, and that, that can be a really, you know, kind of slippery slope when you start thinking like that. Yeah, it can. Because if you get caught up in what everybody else is doing and you kind of be like, man, how did they do that? And it's like, really, they put the work in. I mean, you know, you get your people that kind of get lucky every now and then. Right, you know what right. I mean? But I mean, I guess I would rather be the guy that has a steady pace and can uh, maintain longevity and you know what I mean? And keep right, getting right. better and better 
than a guy that peaks right away. And you're like, well, what happened to that guy? You know what I mean? And not have the time. It's almost like getting to a level of being a headliner, but not having the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not saying that I don't have the time, but do you want to be a strong one or do you want to be one that's just kind of half, half, I can't know if I can't swear, but half Absolutely assing your you way yeah, through yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and that's what I'm working at myself as well is trying to, you know what I mean? Be one of the best feature I can be. Um, but also, you know, and I do, like I said, I headline shows, so I do have aspirations of being a headliner in some clubs. It's just, you know, I'm just like, okay, where am I? I want to make sure I'm kind of there. But you also got to take that step yeah. because, you, I mean, until you do it, you don't know. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> but you don't want to burn a bridge by right. taking that step. So <laughs> right. I'd rather take that Before step. Before you're ready for yeah, it. Yeah, I'd rather take a step over here in the independent room. And then, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is a whole other thing because when you do independent shows, you're doing 60 minutes. And then when you're doing comedy clubs, you're doing 45. So that's already helping me build my act. You know what I mean? That right, time. Right. Because obviously they say you want to have double the time almost if you got to do a 45-minute set, you want to at least have an hour 15 or hour 30, you know, because right, you right. never know what kind of audience you're going to run into. So you can start picking and choosing yeah, stuff. Yeah, different stuff, you know, so. So, so what's life on the road like for you? Like you said, you've got a, a pretty grueling schedule. You're going to be on the road through December. Um, I know you and I had traded messages on Facebook, and you were like, hey, is there an open mic? Because you wanted to do something <laughs> last night. I mean, yeah. so what, what, do you, you know, what do you do to kind of get through the day and how do you stay busy and kind of get out of your head and, and all that kind of stuff? That's funny because, uh, yeah, um, you know, a lot of times I just kind of um, like this has been a weird trip for me, too, because I've been I've been doing things I haven't done before. Like, for instance, I've been staying at rest areas to save money. Um, so by staying at rest areas, I've been using a trucker's lounges. So I've been taking showers in a trucker's lounges. Um <laughs> I've been hitting a lot of libraries up, a lot of cafes, uh, listening to some shows, um, you know, doing a little writing. Um, I also do some sketch stuff that I've been trying to write some newer stuff. So um, I brought all the books with me to read, you know what I mean? And then I watch a lot of YouTube, you know what I mean? Documentaries, um, just all, you know what I mean? All kind of stuff. And it was weird because last night I, uh, I wanted to get on stage because I'm like, man, I got some newer stuff I need to try out because I had a show the night before. In um, Wyoming, which was terrible. <laughs> I mean, that's all. That's only I could say. It was. I think it was three people in the audience, right, and I right. got up there and I had to do an hour. And oh my God. it was. It was. I'm serious. Yeah. One, two people left actually, oh, and then actually two ladies ended up being there. They were from Idaho that happened to just hang around, you know, but I guess I kind of, it's one of those things where I was like, man, I actually pulled it off and I did it like it was a crowd there. And right. that's hard to do. You know what I mean? Right, to put yourself right. in a position where you're like, okay, let's just do this. Like this is a full crowd. You know what I'm mean? Do your time. And the, the lady that owns the bar was very happy with me though. Cause yeah. she was listening. You know what I mean? She's like, Oh man, you, you, you did your show and I'm glad you came. You know what I mean? They put me up in a hotel, which was nice of them as well. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. gave me a meal, you know, and I made a little money off of it as well. So, right, right. and they probably lost a little, but it was on a Tuesday night in Wyoming. I mean, what can I ask for Absolutely, either? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and like you said, I think a lot of times you, you end up learning more having to do a set like that as opposed to a hot packed room that every joke is hitting. If you have to do those tough, that's just going to make you that much better in the long run. Yeah. Cause you can stretch a little bit. You know what I mean? I'm working on some other stuff. I'm like, all right, let's just stretch this bit a little bit more. And you know, and then you're pretending like you're, 
talking to a bunch of people, which is, you know, it's almost like you're looking in a mirror with yourself, man. It was. <laughs> yeah. So do you do that? Like when you're in the car driving, when you're doing, you know, uh, town to town, are you running through the set in your head? Are you talking out loud to yourself? And yeah. Kind of working through material? I and, do. Uh, I have a digital recorder that I, I had to talk into a lot of the times, you know what I mean? I'll be like, oh, I know what I could do with that joke. It'll just pop in my head. Yeah. You know, um, and a lot of times I like to write stuff too as I'm driving. This is weird because I'm like, I need to write this though. I, I can say it, but I need to write it right now. <laughs> right. Or, you know, you'll see a sign or something. It's like, all right, I got to write this though. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, and I try to, with the traveling, you know, it's it's been interesting, like I said, but I've kind of saved money. You know, I have some merch as well, which helps. Um, you know, I sell some shirts and some um, bumper stickers and, you know, and like I said, it's, it's, I can't complain, man. I'm, yeah. I'm, I haven't broke down yet. Right, right, right. Wood. <laughs> <laughs> so now if you could, you know, if there was an open mic and you talked to somebody who got on stage for the first time and they got that bug, like you said, it's that drug, they get a handful of laughs and they're like, yep, I'm doing this. What, what advice would you give somebody who's just starting out, particularly now where I think the, you know, the comedy world has changed pretty significantly with, you know, uh, you know, online access, all that kind of stuff. So what advice would you give somebody who's just starting out? I would say, um, like, I guess, which is going to be cliche, don't be in a rush. You know what I mean? And um, I guess if you get up there the first time and you, you you like it, I mean, even if it's good or bad, just keep doing it. And I always tell people this and it's so I record yourself because you just don't know how you sound and how the jokes work. I mean, you know what I mean? You try to go off from memory and people will tell you, you did great, man, or you did this, but the, it's never, the tape wouldn't lie to you. You know what I mean? Right. When you hear the feedback, that's your instant feedback. And that's how you get better because that's how you start working on your act more and more. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know too many people. I mean, obviously there are some people out there that just kind of go and do it, but especially when you're first starting, I think it's crucial to record. And people always think you have to have a fan. I'm like, use your phone. It doesn't matter. You right. know what I mean? And um, yeah, just keep getting on and, you know, and talk. If you got a local comedy club in town, go there. You know what I mean? Watch the show. Um, talk to the feature, the headliner, the host. You know what I mean? Because you want to start out as an MC. That's your first goal. So, you know, make sure to be around the comedy as well, especially if you're in a town that has it. If not, you know what I mean? Then kind of go to the next town or try to start your own thing, which is a whole other thing. Or go to music open mics. That's yeah. how I started. You know what I mean? Um, but I think the key is really keep getting on, get on stage, record it, and um, try to be around comedy and people that are further than you you know what i mean that right, are at right. a, the, the next level because they're the ones that can tell you how to get to that next level you know um it's different when you're talking to someone that just started with you as opposed to somebody that's been doing it for a while right you know well so. there is kind of a, a brotherhood among comedians that i think for the most part they're very willing to to talk to younger comics who are coming up so kind of the flip side of that when you were starting out and you were dealing with some of the you know more road weary comics what advice did you get that that kind of stuck with you or were there any comedians that sort of offered you some opinions as far as hey man if you're getting started you got talent no doubt but think about these things you know is there anything that kind of resonated with you that yeah i i can remember working with this guy uh lord Corret. his name was in the town i live in and uh he seen me do like f i think five minutes and i had i was the host and he's like yeah man you're pretty funny you know and then i sent him an email like hey man i'm thinking about recording a cd he's like whoa hey let's uh let's take a step back first and let's try to build your act and make sure you get the you know get 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 real funny get the jokes all funny you know what i mean you don't right. just uh, do a half-ass cd um you know what i mean um and also he he was telling me that just because you're in the little town you live in, which is 60,000 people, you're as funny as the people that come through here. Those are probably 
those aren't the best of the best. You know what I mean? You right. have to think about being the best of the best out of everywhere. And that goes to the West Coast, the East Coast. You know what I mean? That's yeah, yeah. where you have to start thinking like, you know what I mean? Um, that's really the goal, you know what I mean? And that's how you're going to get more work, you know? Um, and then there was another guy that would just, uh, I was always asking him as far as how to put a tape together. He would help me with that. And um, he would send me contacts. This is how you kind of email people, you know what I mean? And he's like, you got to be a go-getter. No one's going to put you out there. You got. I think the one guy, Lord Corrad, and it was another guy named Dan Still. they told me that from the beginning. You nice. have to get out there and you have to do, it's show business. So, you, you got to do the show, but you got to email and you got to be working that stuff and make sure you have a good press kit or decent. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. Oh, that's good advice, though. Yeah, it was. And yeah. it, it still sticks to me. And I still look at those emails that I got from them <laughs> years ago, too. Yeah. Well, Rio, man, it was great talking to you. I, I appreciate you being on the show. One last uh, kind of cornball question. Um, again, you know, having done this for the amount of time that you've done, um, I had a chance to, to look at some of the clips online. You've got a a great stage presence, you know, very relaxed affect. And, and I can see where you're a very likable guy, you know, on stage. And then obviously just kind of hanging out with you now. <laughs> so at this point, you know, what, what are you proud of? If, you know, kind of looking back on, on what you've accomplished with your career and, um, you know, is there anything that, that you can kind of look hmm. back on? And, and this might even kind of tie into advice to younger comedians as well. You know, what, what, what are your proud, you know, proudest moments after these, you know, 10 years on the road? Uh, first of all, I'm going to say thanks for being kind with those clips because I don't have any really the newer clips. <laughs> <laughs> I try to keep no, it they're solid, man. You know, solid. some of the stuff where it's like, because you don't want everybody to see everything, which Absolutely, is another advice yeah. of like, hey, don't put all your best stuff up. If you do that, they come see you like, oh, we've already seen that, you know, right. don't do that. Um, but as far as I guess what I would say I'm um, where I'm I guess happy about and it's really not accomplishment I guess it's more of just that I'm still at it and um, I'm I'm getting better as well Um, and I kind of can see where I'm trying to go you know what I mean I'm getting out into more places um, because like I said I feel like I'm a late bloomer where as far as me just getting out and getting booked more and being more road getting more road work and then dealing with different crowds, you right, know what I mean? Right. You need that experience. So it just builds you up more and more, you know what I mean? So um, I guess I'm just proud of just, I'm still in it and I'm still, you know, like I said, I'm getting better and I'm, uh, don't get too down, don't get too up, um, you know, and man, that's about it, man. I'm, you know, I'm breathing. <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> Excellent. Well, real man, it was a pleasure meeting you, my friend. Enjoy Thank your you. weekend here at Looney's and uh, hopefully catch up with you again soon. Thank you for having me, man. All I appreciate right, man. it. You bet. So there you have it, stand-up comedian Rio Hillman. My sincere thanks to Rio for taking some time out of his schedule to be on the show. As you can tell, Rio is a very thoughtful, humble guy. Uh, Certainly wish him all the best in his career and safe travels out there on the road. Thank you to the legendary Looney's Comedy Corner for their continued support. And as always, thank you for listening to In the Springs. The In the Springs podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. You can follow In the Springs on Twitter at RPL underscore Metajunk. Until next time, I'm Ryan Lowry, and we'll see you again right here in the Springs. Springs.